Hello. Hello. Uh, happy New Year. I guess this is our, our first new pod of the new year. Huh. Yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. So, Welcome, everybody, to the B-Team podcast. I am Josh, and I'm joined by Mr. Brendan Krause. Hello. We are here to kick off the January Horror Fest with Lathrigan. Fuck you, it's January. calling it. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, bonus question. Do you remember what Megan hilariously stood for? Oh, no. It wasn't, it was, wait, it was like model three, like something Android, I think. Generative Android, yes. Um, So, the, the implication there is that there were two other ones, but, you know, we never saw those. Yeah. Um, so this one is being marketed as a new James Wan movie. It's not. Um, I don't even remember who the director is, but the writer. A guy called is, Jared Johnstone. I've, yes, I he, he did like name. one movie called Housebound that I had not seen. I actually heard it was decent, um, but that's about it. And then the writer is Akila Cooper. Um, she wrote Hellfest. She wrote Hellfest, <laughs> yes, which I loved. I think you really liked. Yeah. Uh, she wrote. <laughs> She wrote Malignant, and uh, she wrote this movie. Um, so I, I don't fault her for this. I have a lot of lot of faults with her for this movie, but in terms of the marketing and, and the hype and everything, like they promoted this one as a killer doll movie, and they did like this really really cringe, annoying Twitter Instagram campaign where they were like trying to put her in a feud with Chucky. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe you disagree. I don't think this ever becomes a killer doll movie. This is a a wonky AI movie. Yeah, I mean, whatever they do on the marketing, well, it worked. <laughs> oh, it definitely worked. I mean, you know, they went with PG thirteen, which, um, you know, if you like this movie, if you're interested in this movie, I would implore you to wait for the inevitable unrated, which supposedly, like, they shot a whole other version of this movie. Um, you know. Don't don't cheat yourself out of all the the blood and gore if it exists because there is no blood in this movie. Yeah, not much. Um, yeah, they they tried to cash in on the thirteen year olds, fifteen year olds, and uh, in my day we just used to sneak into R rated movies and they would still make money. Like look at you know, Freddy versus Jason, Jason, American Pie. We were thirteen, goddammit. We put those grosses up. Yeah, these we are like tickets to things like uh, I don't know whatever Tom Hanks movie was out at the time, but you know, yeah. Um, these are like yes. the the horror movies that'll make the horror fans of tomorrow. Basically, the thirteen year olds are like, "Hey, I like that." What's another horror movie I can see? Yeah, um, down the rabbit hole. I mean, I'd say this is this is horror. You know, it's it's definitely trending more towards sci fi, although. Given the times we live in, most of this shit isn't too, too far off, except for the actual mechanics of this movie, which we'll get into. Um, but yeah, so for me, like, I, I don't know how familiar you actually are with the Child's Play movies. We didn't cover any of those. I'm sure you've seen them, or at least yeah. seen like the first one. Uh, I've seen, I think, all of them. Actually, I didn't see the reboot, but... Okay, so this is obviously most in line with the reboot. Um, I'm on the record that as its own thing, it was fine as a child's play. I hated it. Uh, I definitely think that was the more effective version of this story. 
my biggest issues with this one was pacing and it's a short movie, but even with the time that they had, like I, I even said in my that. review, I, I found myself doing the, uh, the Jon Snow season eight, which has become a meme where he's just like, you know, there's no time for any of this. Um, when you have a story like this, you can go the Chucky or the child's play one route where, you know, one kid gets the evil doll or in this case, the evil Siri. Um, and then you stay with them for the movie because child's play two is a thing that exists. And it ended up in the third act at the factory from Terminator turned into the good guy doll factory. They went with the route of, um, Alison Williams in character. Gemma is, you know, the typical childless millennial. And, and she's also like, She's like the head of female Elon. Like, there's there's no way this woman is not a fucking trillionaire with the things that she can actually invent. Uh, but you know, the Killer Cooper did not put that into the script. It was more just like, look at her hard work, and she's not appreciated. And it's like, for for the discount series she had in her home that she built supposedly in college, like this woman would be Elon level. There, there's yeah. no uh, nine to five slaving away at the evil toy company for her. Um, so. She, of course, is an employee and like we spend half the movie on the corporate end because they wanted the doll to have like a killing spree at the factory for some kind of statement against capitalism. Um, so for me, those two things don't work like it worked in Child's Play, too, because you needed a ridiculous set piece and they just randomly end up at the factory. It was never part of Chucky's plan, regardless of retcons with the TV show to go to the good guy dolls factory and be surrounded by thousands of Chuckies. Like that was just a cool set piece. They made a maze out of the boxes and you can do shit in the factory, like have machinery that'll kill you or kill Chucky, which they put to good use. And the, and the 2019 movie, they kind of do that. It's more in the toy store or the department store, whatever it was. Um, and this one, like they don't do anything with it. It was just for a demonstration and she basically like kills everybody, not off camera, but out of view of the audience. She That's doesn't even kill there. everybody. She like uh, she only kills. I'm pretty sure like two people when she's at the 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 company headquarters because she well, doesn't she even does, kill. It's the... like in the back room. It's like when when she's up on the wires, she kills like the two techs that are that are friends with Allison Williams, and then I think she killed like a bunch of people in the elevator before the doors open and then like the crowd there saw that but they didn't see her doing it and then okay, she just so, walks away because she's like i don't want to be here anymore i have to get back to the plot yeah um so yeah the story is uh allison williams niece katie uh she was good for for a kid actor she is in a cartoon parents death where her parents yeah. are driving in the most ridiculous blizzard ever and just get like t-boned by a fucking uh snowplow uh, and uh the movie starts yes i would like to point out though her uh her father absolutely got himself and his wife killed he uh he he apparently didn't know what uh he didn't know there would be a massive snowstorm and he thought his car is a four-wheel drive when it wasn't not only that like when you're driving in that low visibility I mean, you know, we get that in Jersey. I know you don't get that in California. Like, we literally will roll down our actual window and stick our head outside at that point because you, you cannot see through a windshield if, if it's that bad. Uh, also, he started just completely speeding up, and it got to such levels of just ridiculous 
all I could picture was the Doctor Strange car crash. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why is he going this fast? This is obviously ending up exactly where we know it will. But, like, you don't have to do this. You could just have them driving. And, like, all of a sudden, like, he misses the road and they plunge off the cliff. But it's like, oh, well, they can't kill the little girl. So it's like, all right, so have the car hanging and, like, she gets out. But, nope, they just get hilariously, like, you know, crushed by a freeze frame. And then it goes to the opening credits. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it was relatively competent for what it was. Um, you know, if you've seen, like, other older, better killer AI movies, uh, my favorite that I pointed to would be Demon Seed, which is super underrated sci-fi movie with Julie Christie. Um, check that one out. It's from... And, um, you know, I mean... It was fine. There's, yeah. there's a kid who, like, I'm guessing in one cut gets his ear pulled off. In this cut, like, his ear is just made out of PG-13 CGI. And she very clearly rips it off because she holds it up to show it to him. But yeah. then he's running and he has both ears and there's no blood. So I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, on Letterboxd, you know, I gave it the old uh, 2.5 out of 5. I actually... I feel like it's not that far off from being like something that's like legit. Like, oh, that was fun. I'd rewatch that. But for me, kind of what you said, the first half, oh, so slow. Well, the second half I thought was like pretty good, but the first half is just like painful at times with the pacing. Yeah, I mean, so you know, a movie like this, this one I think was a little bit over, a little bit under hour and a half. Um, it's it's an hour forty. I believe. show up until like the twenty six minute mark. Yeah, you need and scenes in that. <laughs> then they have your whole, like, you know, she bonds with the child thing. Um, the message is, like, Allison Williams, forget mom, so the doll is, like, raising the kid. And the therapist is like, well, you know, That's the kid's going to bond with the doll. And I'm like, this kid is way too fucking old to have this level of relationship with this doll. Uh, it was like the little kid in Child's Play 3, where we're like, he's too old to believe in Chucky. And, like, this girl was even older. Um, but then the, the third act is, is just ridiculous because it goes from like her parameters are, you know, she is programmed to do whatever the plot needs her to do. She has like God level powers. Uh, she has super strength, which is selective. She can rewire her own programming at any time. She can but hack she, stuff. She holds into this little kid until the point the little kid, like not even turns on her, but insults her. And then she's like, well, you're not needed anymore. Yeah. Uh, but my, my favorite was, like, the way that the little girl is able to stop her. Like, they literally pull something out of their ass that was never set up at any point in the movie. <laughs> and then she's just all of a sudden has, like, the gloves from uh, Real Steel or Robot Jocks and pulls yeah. out a backup robot. <laughs> yeah, and just beats her up. Um, yeah, I was confused even, like, because uh, the first thing Megan, like, kills is a... Uh, the annoying neighbor's dog. Yeah. And when the dog attacks her earlier, you like see her like kind of short circuit out. And I was wondering, okay, so is this what made her like evil? Or is it just like, she's completely like rewriting herself? Like, no, she's just completely that. rewrites herself, but yeah. like she does it with like a weird personality of basically being evil just for fun. Like, I mean, it comes out when she's fighting with, uh, you know, Gemma later on and, and they're both like, you know, go back to bed, Katie, everything's fine. But, I mean, like, she's insulting her. She's like, you're a bad mother. And she's like, you know, you didn't give her any, like, instruction. You didn't do anything for me either. 
And it's like, yeah. you know, why would a machine take that personally? <laughs> yeah. If anything, the machine would be grateful that, like, you just left it on its own to do whatever it wanted. Yeah, yeah, it's not programmed uh, to have any attachment or loyalty to Gemma, the creator. It was the first kid that she imprinted on who happened to be Katie. And then, like, she carries that as, like, her badge for the rest of the movie until she's like, nope, fuck her. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we both liked Hellfest, which this person also wrote. Then I, I liked Malignant. Um, I think this is definitely, like, the weakest of the three uh, Akila Cooper's written. I mean, um, Malignant, I thought, was fucking hilarious when it wasn't supposed to be. And this is another one where people were, like, trying to say it's a comedy. I'm like, this is not a comedy. This was meant to be serious. See, I, I got the vibe that, like, they were not, like... I mean, like, my theater was laughing, and I don't know. I felt like... I felt like it was kind of intended. Like, at least some of it. Like... I mean, I mean Malignant, I like definitely thought was meant stuff, to, like, be but, funny. Like, you know, this was not, like... You know, something like, uh, I don't know, like Frankenhooker, where it's supposed to be like, you know, you poke fun and laugh at it. I mean, maybe some like on the nose, like you're there, but like the the absurdity stuff that we laugh at, like with Malignant, I mean, like it was meant to be serious. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I just more got like the, they were going for like the campy vibe. Um, yeah, it definitely I will is say, camp, but I mean, again, I would say to people, like, you know, if you're enjoying what you see, wait for the R-rated, unrated cut, because it's apparently coming. Yeah, I, I did like how uh, her company boss is just having her make these, like, disposable, like, cheap Webkin's knockoffs. Yeah. Uh, even though she's, like, yeah, this, like, genius-level scientist that, like, can make Megan robots for fun. Um. I'll have to rewatch. I thought Megan, like, like her kill count, I thought was so low in this movie. I, I thought she didn't even kill the two, uh, Gemma's two friends, because I, I totally thought we see them at the end of the movie. I might be misremembering that, but, um, well, she hangs the one guy with the cables. I thought but, she killed the other. No, no, she, 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 she she's able to free them, but the explosion. You see, they both like fall to the ground, but like it's not like a blows up the room kind of thing. See the way that explosion looked. I thought that they edited it down for PG thirteen. Because it looks like the whole room explodes, and then like the explosion itself like got scaled down to just the corner of the room. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but I did like how Megan thought she would uh, get away with everything that she did uh, in like the final confrontation when she's talking to Gemma. She's like, "Oh well, I'll just paralyze you and then go live with Katie at her uh, was it her grandparents' house or whatever." <laughs> yeah, and then she uh, she kills like the head of the company, and. A basically almost unrelated subplot of like some guy that's selling company secrets that, and the whole yeah, where was that going? Like, well, the the whole reason that was written was because when Megan kills him, she like you know stops the movie to explain it to the audience that I'm gonna like blame it on him basically that he went on a killing spree and then felt bad about it and killed himself. No, I I got that was her plan. I'm saying where was his like you know was he actually trying to like sell those or? Did he just not trust the Megan thing and he was going to look into it himself? Like No, he, he had been selling it, yeah. Because uh, the way they try to play it off is because the uh, boss is just mean to him. <laughs> and that's why he does it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, the character, he was played, like, super, like, nice guy, good-natured. Like, you need a scene of him, like, you know, 
looking on menacingly, being like, I'm not appreciated enough. I'm going to sell this and make money. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like he's just doing it because, almost. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, you kind of know what you're getting with the uh, Jason Blum horror movies. Um, I mean, it's a January horror movie. Yeah, I feel like you can't be that shocked at what you get. No, that's for sure. I do like how in the opening uh, Blumhouse logo, they still have uh, Michael Myers in, even though I'm pretty sure they like don't have the rights to that anymore. Um, oh, I didn't even notice that. That's funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I gave it like a 2.5 out of 5. No, no, you know? no. I, I think they do have the rights because I remember Blum saying something like he wanted to reboot Halloween 3. Oh, God. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, this no, movie, I, I gave it a, uh, a two out of five on the old letter. Yeah. So I would say this, you know, if you're gonna by yourself watching and eh, like, you know, if you can get a group of friends on, you know, a Friday or Saturday night, you know, you'll, you'll be moderately entertained for an hour 40. Uh, that's what would be my recommendation. Like other than that, and eh, you can wait for it to like be on home video. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the first great January horror movie of the year. I'm sure. You've uh, well, I mean, I've seen a few that are better. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a few that are worse. Uh, if you end up checking out the movie Skinnamarink, I don't even know if we could get a full podcast out of it, but let me know because you're either going to absolutely love it or you're going to be like, what the fuck was this? What, what is it called? Skinnamarink, like the uh, elephant show song. I have not even heard of that. If uh, you watch the trailer, I will tell you the trailer is the entire movie. Okay. I will. Where can I watch I, that? I don't mean one of those things where, like, they show you the entire movie in the trailer. Watch the trailer. You'll understand exactly what I okay. mean. Where, where can I watch this one? I haven't heard of that. Is that I mean, the trailer's on YouTube. Uh, the movie is coming out on Shudder, I believe, this weekend. Um, okay. I was able to see it before then. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll check that out. So far, Megan is my number one movie of the year. Well, I will give you a, a huge recommendation the <laughs> then. Um, Candyland, which I guess technically was a festival film from last year, but is getting released now. Um, that is probably my number one right now. It is. Uh, it is what X should have been. I uh, I saw like your thing when you like uh, rated on Letterboxd, and I like clicked on it and read some reviews. It, uh, honestly, it sounds kind of interesting. I'll definitely check that one out. It's uh, it's a little bit off the beaten path. I don't think it's gonna get any attention, but uh, you know, and like I said, it, it was really great until it kind of wasn't, but it stuck the landing, and I was like, this is pretty good. You know, I yeah. didn't feel like I completely wasted my time. Yeah, no, I'll definitely check both those out. Maybe we can do a double review. Who knows? Sounds but, uh, good. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, we will reconvene. We'll figure out when we're going to finish out the Naruto. Right. And, uh, I will. I will catch you on the next one. Peace out. All right, man. Have a good one.